What's going on? It's episode eight, Survival of the Fitted, your favorite podcast. It's me, Ian, Mr. League Fits, and then intern Joe, who I guess has a new nickname every week, uh, Joe Phillips. New nickname alert. Me, 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 me. New nickname alert. New nickname <laughs> alert. For everybody who's wondering, week two, we are no longer pandemic poppy. You're listening to your boy, intern Joe, aka Mr. Vibes Don't Change. Hmm. Stay hmm. tuned for week three to see what the new nickname is. Okay. Other news, other news for the listeners. People keep on being like, when's the All League Fits teams? When are All League Fits teams? When are All League Fits teams? When are All League Fits teams? Yeah, right? August 2nd, August 3rd, August 4th, and August 5th. We'll be releasing the All League Fits teams. That's the rookie team, the third team, the second team, the first team. Then your MVP, most improved, and rookie of the year. So... Y'all can stop asking. Don't worry. Everyone's going to get to tell me how stupid I am in the comments in just a week's time. Um, so excited for that. Yeah, I seen I seen I seen a little preview of the of the of the drip teams. But uh, if you guys like them, just know I had input. If you don't like them, I didn't have input. So I just know that if you don't like them, it's because of Ian, not because of Joe. I was fighting for your favorites. Ian turned his back on the culture. and we may or may not we may or may not be having one of the players featured on the first team in an upcoming episode oh yeah that's actually true yes that is true i forgot good job good job vibes don't change um but today's episode we have courtney mays she styles chris paul deandre jordan kevin love some baseball players anthony anderson all your favorites basically um and like you know this is like some serious fashion talk we learn like what it's like to you know be a basketball stylist day to day and you know what it means and things like that so um yeah check into this dope interview and then we'll talk a little again after peace what's going on we are out here with wardrobe stylist slash magician of the wardrobe slash all of the above <laughs> Courtney Mays. She works with some of your favorite basketball players, guys that made the all league fits teams many, many times. Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Love, um, et cetera, et cetera. So Courtney, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm just chilling, you know, just another day making podcasts. Um, this is really what I wanted to do when I was a little kid, and I'm so happy I'm here. Oh, God. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think a lot of people that follow League Fits, you know, they see the different stylists that work with the players. And, um, you know, so I think everyone knows, like, who you are. And But what does kind of, like, your day-to-day look like? Because, I mean, this is your full-time job. This is what you do. And I'm guessing no two days are the same. But can you kind of give me just an idea of, like, what your job is? Yeah. First of all, thank you also for always tagging us because I feel like a lot of times people think that these guys just get dressed on their own, which some of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's a lot of work that goes into um, creating their images. So I appreciate mm-hmm. the love. Um, no doubt. So my day to day, like you said, no two days are alike. Uh, right now I'm on my way to Jimmy Kimmel to dress Anthony Anderson, who is has been hosting the NBA Finals um, Kimmel live shows. Yeah. So some days I'm on set. Some days I'm running around shopping. Um, some days I'm on my computer sourcing new vendors and new designers, new stores to reach out to. Um, 
Some days I'm sitting in my office doing receipts, which is the worst part. (laughs) Invoices and, but you know, that's how we get paid. So it has to get done. Um, I own my own business. So I'm the assistant, I'm the HR, I'm getting the coffee, I'm the intern, I'm, you know, the accounting, I'm all of the things. So um, although there are some people that do help me, I'm, I'm still kind of building my team. Mm-hmm. I am kind of, if I could clone myself, I would. <laughs> <I'll> just... <laughs> well, I, I see that you probably could use the extra hand. Um, yeah, so, you know, you once know, to intern, I'm available for uh, resume. Intern Joe. Uh, no, <laughs> intern Joe is not available. I'm going to let you, <laughs> he's got a no trade clause. We're good on that. Um, but anyone else, holler at my girl. But I think one thing, uh, so you talked about like, you know, the the things you go through when, you know, getting the garments for these guys and, you know, kind of cultivating the image. What's it like when you're either like at a fitting or on set? Um, what What's that experience kind of like? Yeah, so I think... Um, a lot of people see images where there's racks and racks of clothes and piles of shoes. I'm a little bit different. I like to bring a really curated selection of pieces because I think having that amount of wardrobe is, can be really overwhelming uh, for especially a guy, but for anybody. Um, so I come to set uh, and by set, that means it could be a photo shoot, it could be an ad campaign, it could be a commercial, it could be a TV show. Um, and I have a selection of clothes based on how many looks we're trying to create that day. Um, and also, this doesn't just happen for, you know, public things. It happens for day to day. So I could come to a client's house with a rack of clothes, work that one of remixes it his or her own way. Um, but I come with a selection of, of outfits and, um, I, you know, kind of forcibly make people try things on. Nobody likes to try clothes on, but I think, you know, that kind of sets the stage for, you know, how things are going to look if we need to make alterations. I believe that having a tailor is extremely imperative, whether you're getting your clothes from Target or from Hermes, I think it's important to enlist in a tailor to make sure the fit is proper. Um, yeah. And so we, we, I try to keep it, especially when it's, uh, at a client's home, I try to keep it, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes max. Cause I lose, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of attention spans are short, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we try and close, I put looks together. Um, we remake some things. I really try to keep the client's style sensibility in mind. And then maybe I inject some things that I think that could work for him or her in that space as well. Right. Um, okay. So you said, you know, guys like have short attention spans. Who does get like the most excited when they like of your basketball clients, who gets the most excited when they try things on? Yo, I have the funniest story. So this is, he's not my client anymore, but I mm-hmm. still love him. Blake Griffin. He would try clothes on and I swear he'd be in the mirror, like checking himself out for like, <laughs> what felt like. <laughs> and we always would have like this moment of, just laughing at him because he like, he had this very serious checkout moment and that's how you knew you did a great job because Mm -hmm. he like would basically model for himself in the mirror. But I hope that he's not mad for me saying that, but I feel like Blake Griffin would definitely do that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not too surprised. Um, so obviously, you know, Chris has been on the league fits first team 
a billion yeah. times. Um, and repping HBCUs, especially ones from North Carolina, has been like kind of like your guys' calling cards. What was the first yeah. conversation like when you guys decided to like make that like a real thing? Yeah, so I've been really fortunate to kind of like hit the nail with Chris when it comes to suiting and streetwear. Um, and we started to realize, obviously, the tunnel walks have become part of NBA culture and part of basketball culture. And, and people are really looking to see what the guys have on, obviously, insert league fits. Um, so we really wanted to talk about what we were going to do for the upcoming season. This was when he was still in Houston. And was it mm -hmm. going to be all suiting? Was it going to be all black? What was something that we could do to not necessarily, I don't think the goal was to make a statement, but I think it was to be strategic about how we were going to work together. Um, right. And so I remember super clearly, I think he was in LA um, for a project and we were, and I, I know it wasn't because we were not at his home, but we were talking about what the plan was for the upcoming season. And we went, you know, the all suiting, the all black. And then we talked about um, only wearing black designers. Yeah. And um, that was something that was really important to me because I felt like there are so many designers out here that don't get the recognition that they deserve. I think mm -hmm. we so often see athletes specifically shouting out these big name brands that don't necessarily give them the same respect. They're spending yeah. thousands and tens of thousands of dollars just to have logos all over them. But if you were to ask for a brand endorsement or to be gifted something, they would never, they would never give that, that same respect back. And so why not we circulate the dollar? Why not we put the money back in our own community? Why not celebrate our, our own community and our own creative community? And so it really started with rolling and wear black designers. So pulled from a bunch of black designers. And I want to talk about that too, because I listened to your episode uh, with Austin Rivers and you asked him like, like athletes are given so many things and that's not true. So I, mm -hmm. I want to circle back to that. But um, I pulled from a bunch of designers and I remember he was going to, and he ended up wearing exactly what we set up, but he wore, there's this uh, guy based in LA, his name is Stephen Grant, he has this clothing line. Um, and that was going to be the opening look. He definitely, Chris was like, I want to be comfortable. I want to be casual, except my dad went to Texas Southern. And so we were down there in Houston. I wanted to get him a sweatshirt. I wanted to go on campus and see like where he was and like kind of support or, or not support, but, you know, have a little nostalgic moment. And so Candace and I went on campus. We went to the student store and literally in that moment, I was like, I'm going to get a sweatshirt for Chris. And let's see if he'll put it on with this look. And it was such an organic, like, let's see what happens. And that mm -hmm. kind of started this, this crazy um, movement, I guess, of how can we use fashion as a platform to talk about other things? Yeah. And I know it's one that's authentic uh, to Chris, too, because he's enrolled at Winston-Salem State right now, right? Yeah, so he, it's crazy because a lot of people are like, why are you even doing this? You went to Wake Forest, but his entire, I would say his entire family went to HBCU. And I would say any Black person that you've ever known that in your life, if they didn't go to HBCU, somebody in their family, their mom, their aunt, their cousin, somebody went to an HBCU. And it's 
Chris has always, all of his philanthropy has been about um, education. And so I think this was sort of a natural transition. I mean, he goes to Winston-Salem State, Winston-Salem State University. He also has, um, he took the marketing program at Harvard University to A&T. He does so many things outside of just wearing the sweatshirts and the sweatsuits or whatever that, that have the school logos or crest on them, but he's actually giving money and time back to these universities. So it's, it's definitely transcended past um, clothing. That's so cool. I love that. I love how it like started in the bookstore too. Like that's like super organic. Cause I see him yeah. with like the sweatshirts. I'm like, oh man, this must be like some crazy. It's like, no, like you really went to the bookstore and like yeah. that's how it started. Like that's hard. I mean, I will say during the bubble, and I don't have any licensing deals or agreements. So I hope I don't get in trouble. But like I was making a lot of that stuff because <laughs> there was no like oh, the timing, there wasn't like time for me to have order from the student center at insert whatever college. So I, I made a lot of that stuff. I mean, the jacket that he wore for all-star, like I. Oh, I love that jacket so much. Oh, thank you. With all like the, all like this stuff on it too, like the stamps and stuff. Patches. The patches. That's so hard. Yeah. And I thought it was just like a cool way to, you know, commemorate all of the schools and every, it's so irritating because everyone's like, I don't see such and such school. And like short of me, like doing a slow-mo of the, like it had every single school on there. And so obviously there's only 82 games in the season. There's 107 uh, HBCUs. Um, and this season particularly was truncated. So we couldn't wear a, a different school every game. So I thought like this was the best way to do it and try to, to get every school uh, reflected in one garment. So I know we're just kind of talking about the day-to-day and where you are now with it, but I kind of want to dial things back. Like what, what made you kind of gravitate towards like the basketball world? I know you have like a few clients in the league, but like what made you kind of like, you know, like gear towards basketball? Yeah. So when I started, I was an intern uh, for Rachel Johnson. Um, and she to me is probably the godmother of the convergence of style and sport she's the when I met her LeBron James was her one of her clients and so Mm. I'm I'm from Cleveland and so I kind of just because I'm from Cleveland and probably because she didn't have to pay a hotel bill I wanted to go home kind of became the assistant that would work on his jobs um on top of that I'm a huge basketball fan I played basketball in high school I mean I, my dad played in the NFL. Uh, my brother played hockey, like all the way into like the professional junior league hockey. So sports has always been a part of my life. Uh, I never, I never thought to be a professional athlete by any stretch of the imagination because I've always been a creative. My degree is in art history, but I, I really felt like this kind of gave me the opportunity to live in both worlds. Mm-hmm creative space but also be in the sports world and so um I think because I started with LeBron who obviously is the one (laughs) yeah (laughs) I continued in that in that light and I do have other like I I do work for other um 
work for athletes in other sports, but I think basketball, there's something special about it. I mean, there is such a community around basketball. You know who the guys are, you know what they look like, you know, um, there's, there's such a huge fan base there and there's an opportunity to talk about who these guys are off the court where you might not necessarily say the same for say football because they're covered by helmets. Just the logistics of that, I think changes the conversation a little bit. Obviously now you're seeing where, you know, football is just kind of getting the same recognition as basketball. But I think um, between my love of the sport, my just coincidence to start working for somebody that worked for, you know, the king, as they call him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also just, you know, my my history in the sports world and also my understanding of the business around it, I think is kind of how I landed with basketball players. Okay. So you kind of referenced like the different the different leagues that you're you're working with or, you know, involved with, like the MLB and the NFL and stuff like that. So would you say that like the NBA is the most like fashionable, you know, league in the world? I don't know. I I would I kind of treat that as how I treat, like, I don't have a favorite team. I have Mm -hmm. favorite players. Um, So I think there are some guys in the NBA that are extremely stylish. I think there are a lot of guys who are not. I think there's some guys (laughs) in NFL that are extremely stylish and some guys that are not. I don't think it's like a league wide thing. I wouldn't say like the NBA is more fashionable than NFL and so forth. Okay, so if you had to if you had to pick five, right? We need we need like we need some controversy here, Courtney. So if you had to pick five, and you could you could choose your own clients too. If you had to pick five of the best dressed players in the league, who would you who would you say? Okay. Um Don't worry, because no matter what you say, everyone will hate it. Because that's what happens when I do it. (laughs) So it's a lose-lose, which is technically no pressure. Okay, I have like to preface my list mm-hmm. with what with this. So I'm 37. I don't can I curse on this or no? Yeah, you can curse. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't give two shits about all the new trends and all of the like hype beast shit that everybody wants mm-hmm. to do. I don't know. I'm not looking at it. I don't care. I'm not interested. My goal as a stylist, which I think separates me from other stylists, is not to bring you the latest, most exclusive, hottest thing that's out in the world, but to really help to identify your your style so that it's lasting and timeless. Yes, because that's the difference between a stylist and a personal shopper. Let everybody know it. Thank you. Those two things are not the same. They're not the same. And so I feel like there are a lot of guys that really fall into the trap of like, let me have the most exclusive sneaker. Let me have on the most coveted designer, which is cool. But I think a lot of times that may, um, that, and it's not lasting. So my, my clients may not be the ones that like are getting, you know, all the positive feedback. Like this is so hot. Like, but these guys are going to have these pieces in their closet probably for the rest of their life because mm. we're creating we're recreating a wardrobe that can sustain beyond basketball that can sustain off the court. So if I'm going to a meeting, I can go into my closet. I don't have to go to my Amiri jeans that I wore 17 times. <laughs> and no shade to Amiri because I think it's a great designer. But like, 
Okay, so top five. I'm going to say Chris first, obviously, because obviously. There he is. (laughs) Okay, Okay. I'm also, let me just go to the Instagram because I feel like the other, (laughs) I'm not even really. I feel you on the hype beast stuff, though, not lasting. I feel that. It's really, it's like. It's exhausting, too. Like having to try to keep up with all that shit that like you'll only feel gratification for from it for like. A week, maybe tops like is tough because then there's always something new. There's always the next thing. There's always the next thing. And I think there's there's also a point where like your money is going to run out. <laughs> like you can't <laughs> that keep, too. you can't keep spending all your money on clothes. OK, so and maybe. OK, mm-hmm. let me not even put it on order, but I have reasons for why. So I'm going to say Russ, because I think he authentically loves fashion. Like he lives and breathes it. He's a part of the fashion business space. He is part of the reason why we're even having these conversations. You might say he looks absolutely crazy, which I will tell him to his face. A lot of times he looks crazy, but I think he understands the business of fashion. He understands the importance of your image. He understands... um, he knows the history behind designers. He's interested in clothing and it's authentic to who he is. So I think that's super important. Yeah. I think he also helped a lot of guys because, you know, he's won some crazy shit before. But I think other NBA guys seeing him do that helped yeah. them start to step out a little bit more too. Like, I don't even know if there is a league fits yet if Russell Westbrook doesn't like trailblaze that path. 1000%. And he's also been a guy that has gotten the eye of the fashion world. So he's had these endorsements and these collaborations with companies that would never are not looking at basketball players. Like if you think about it, the basketball space is in 99% black men. Do you think Anna Wintour gives a shit about insert any basketball yeah. player? Do you think these big, huge design houses I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about this without Russell. I mean, the, the guys going to Paris and Milan Fashion Week, that's new. Like these these design houses would never, if there wasn't, I would say a Russell and a LeBron, they would never, they would never even consider or acknowledge. Um, who else? Okay. There are some guys that I like that I, like, I like PJ. What's the shrug? What's the, I like, is it like <laughs> you're on the fence about VJ? Cause I also am still mad about the Suns losing. So I can't. Oh, really. same. <laughs> I understand that pain. I like Jordan Clarkson. I feel like he's got his own style sensibility. I like Jeff Green. I love, okay. Another, I love DeAndre Jordan. So mm-hmm. DeAndre, and this has zero to do with me. DeAndre. First of all, seven feet tall. So everything has to be custom. Every single thing has to be custom. Okay, minus like vintage tees and stuff like that. But he has such his own unique idea of what is stylish that he dresses completely different than I think the rest of the league. Like he stands alone than everybody else. Like I would say there's probably nothing in his closet that anyone else has. Yeah, not because he's like, I want to have, you know, I, I don't want to have anything else that the guys have. It's like, because this is what I authentically like. I'm into the distressed fedoras. I'm into um, the denim on denim. There's nothing in his closet that anyone else has. And then it's not because he is intentionally saying, I don't want 
I don't want to wear what anybody else is wearing. I think because he authentically loves a distressed hat. He loves the hat to have a snake wrapped around it. He wants oh, to mimic yes. the Jimi Hendrixes of the world. Like he, that's authentically him. That's what that transcends into the music that he listens to, to the candles that he lights, to the, the things that he does off the court. And that's so intrinsic to who he is. And I think it comes across in how he dresses like, um, Greg Lauren was basically made for DeAndre Jordan. That is like, (laughs) I mean, they might as well just say this is for you because that's who he is. And I think he stands alone from everybody else in the league because he doesn't look or dress like anybody else. Like it's just who he is. And I think he's gone through a lot of transitions. Like if you look back six, seven years ago, he was, you know, doing the suits and his hair was short and like he was doing what, he thought he was supposed to do or what some stylist was telling him was cool. But I think he's really grown into, he's grown into his look and he really has a really specific eye. That's really cool. And I like, I can't wait to do more with him because he's interesting. He's really interesting. Yeah. I love that. It's so interesting too. Um, you are one of my favorite stylists. And I think part of the reason why is because, you know, your big three clients, none of them look the same. I see some stylists and their clients and I'm like, oh, you pulled the exact same pieces, which, you know, if they have the same vibe, like whatever, you know, but like, I love that each of your guys, like it, they're so individual. Like Kevin looks nothing like DeAndre and DeAndre looks nothing like Chris and so forth. Yeah, that's so intentional. I mean, and, and not like, I think my goal is to really just elevate what you want to look like. You know, you have something in your mind or your lifestyle um, takes you to these places. Like Chris is the president of the MBPA. That means something for how he presents his himself to the world versus DeAndre, who wants to talk about sustainability and make sure that his T-shirt is made the most, you know, humane way possible. So mm-hmm. I really tried to, um, I really tried to just, elevate what's already innate in the guy versus me coming to you with the same shit that I bring to everybody else. Like, I just think it's important to when you're styling someone or when you're getting dressed yourself, just to think about how to look your best self versus how to emulate what someone else is doing. I think if you love vintage tees and ripped jeans, lean into that. If you love suits, lean into that. If you love all of it, You can also do that. I just think a lot of times when you hire someone to help with your image or to shop for you or whatever it is, I think what's missing are the conversations between two people. Like, I'm really interested in like, what's your day to day? Obviously, you go play basketball or baseball or whatever it is you do. But like, what are you into? What shows you watching? What music are you listening to? How do you like your jeans to fit? Like, do you like to wear a suit or you don't want to wear a suit? Or like, I want to have those conversations about what it is you actually like versus me just bringing you a bunch of like, what's hot right now clothing. Right. I feel that. I feel that. Um, So one thing I want to talk about is um, every single fucking time that I post Chris, every time, doesn't matter what the outfit is, there's going to be comments what are the socks? Yes, the, the thick socks. slouch socks. <laughs> when did when Wait, did that become a thing? When did that become a thing? So crazy. So 
And it's so funny because every time I see somebody with them on, like I send a picture to Chris. <laughs> um, so Chris used to work out and like play in those socks, like when he was a kid. And so those socks are from the early nineties. Like we used to wear those all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the most obvious reference is like Jane Fonda. Like you see those scrunch socks, but like guys would wear those all the time with their sneakers or, um, I remember wearing them like with my gym uniform. Um, and so I think honestly, his wife brought them back was like, I bought these, I'm going to wear them. And we all started just following suit. And so (laughs) (laughs) it was just like a really, it was kind of just like a throwback memory. And then he was like, I really like how this looks. And it wasn't, there was not like a lot of thought behind it. So (laughs) Yeah. So Chris's wife started wearing them and we all were like, yo, this is such a throwback. We all used to wear these when we were kids. And then it kind of just turned into Chris wearing them with every look now to a point where he doesn't want to wear them because he's like, I OD'd on it. Um, (laughs) But I, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those just organic things that happened. We had like a throwback. I feel like there's a picture of the Fresh Prince or somebody with them on. And we were like, yo, we should do that. And then Jada got them and we all kind of started wearing them with everything. That's dope. And a moment to plug, you you sell these, right? Yeah. So it's crazy. I, because he was wearing them with every look, I had like 500 pairs of these socks. <laughs> yo, stop. Are you serious? I'm definitely buying some right after this. It was crazy. I'll send you guys some. But everybody would hit me and say, like, yo, where are these socks from? And I was like, I should just help them. Like, yeah. And it was during the pandemic. Like, I had nothing else to do. And it was it was just something to do. But it was just like a throwback 90s moment. I love 90s fashion. My, like, mom is, like, a big, is a 90, like, grew up in the 90s, was, like, yeah. a teenager. And, like, I always look at her old fit pics. And I'm like... You were so cool. And I always wish that I was around for that era. I was born in 97, but I'm always like, oh, I wish I was a teenager in like 95. Like such an iconic era. Yeah, it was fashion. Um, minus the like the the super wide cut jeans at the bottom. But even those were kind of cool. Yeah, those are kind of cool too. I was going to say. I definitely yeah. went through my grunge era where I was wearing like the super wide leg, like army pant with the belt bottle that had bottle caps and it was a seat belt swag but i know it was, what you're talking it was about <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i love it oh well yo courtney i just want to say thank you so much for giving us your time today this is one of our favorite converse this is our favorite conversation we've ever had um so just thank you so much yeah, of I love course i'm so happy i'm excited to chat with you guys all the time Dope, dope. All right. Much love. Bye. All right. See you. And we're back. You know, interview was a smash. Your favorite player's favorite stylist dropped a lot of gems. We're going to move on to the last segment of the podcast, which is the mailbag. I think we got a pretty interesting question today. So our question today is just a little bit of context for anybody who doesn't really know. Team USA may or may not suck at basketball. This year, oh um, they're taking L's left and right. So the question is, how much blame goes into the lack of the pregame fits? So I've seen some of these fits, and they're not—they're not great. 
Um, yeah. So if I had to say how much of the blame, I mean, obviously you have to be like somewhat realistic. You have to be a little bit logical here. So I'd say the answer is definitely a hundred percent. All of the blame. Yeah. All of the blame, you know, and that's me just thinking like realistically, like an adult, uh, I mean, considering all the variables, I think that's it. Cause as Deion Sanders once said, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good. You get Olympic medals, good. Wow, and that—that's the exact saying. So I'd say a hundred percent. What do you think? I would say a hundred and two percent. A lot of these fits that I've seen are lackluster. Yeah, they're not good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think we really picked the best American representative players. Okay. Yeah. You, think you should have it. been on the team. You. I don't JJ know why Reddick I didn't should have been invite. on the team. What about huh? JJ Reddick? JJ Reddick didn't he make the team. Should have been the coach. I don't know who's the coach. Fire him immediately. Let's get JJ Reddick as a coach. Greg Popovich? Who is that? AKA a nobody. Let's get JJ Reddick <laughs> on the sidelines. Come on, guys. Give him a clipboard. Fire it up. I'm sick of this, man. Like, it, does Team USA have a GM? Because if they need a GM, intern Joe is available. Um, I'm just saying, yeah, dude. Like, they do have a GM. It's the Colangelo dude that used to have the popped up collars that ran the Sixers. A nobody. Another nobody. This is crazy, man. I have all these ideas. You know what I'm saying? USA, get yeah. at me. That's all I got to say. But yeah, pregame fits are absolutely terrible. There's no... I'm not surprised they're losing. Just saying. Yeah. Sweatsuits don't win championships. I agree. How much of the how much of the team USA... How much are you watching of the Olympics? Go ahead and explain. Um, so I actually... Um, I can give you all my opinions about all the Team USA basketball games, despite the fact that I actually haven't watched any um, because I don't yeah. have cable. Yeah. And they yeah, don't, sure. you're not, the Olympics are NBC fumbling the bag heavy. You can't post, <laughs> shout out to your dog. You oh, can't God. post Olympic clips on like Twitter. Really? Yeah. So like, I have you, have you seen any clips from the Olympics? I have not. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like it's hard to like, even like want to tune in. Yeah. I'm gonna sneak, sneak peek, you know? Because yeah, I'll be watching, I'll be like scrolling through social media and I'll see people talking about like an NBA game and posting clips of like Devin Booker frying dudes and I'll go turn on the game. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm missing out on this shit. You know what I mean? He's about to get 50. But with the Olympics, that doesn't happen. I just find out after the fact. I'm like, oh, well, we lost anyway. So good thing I didn't turn in, tune in. Yeah, true. Speaking of Devin Booker, I don't know if he's seen this or not. You know, there's a really cool Instagram page called League Phase that posted this. But he recently cut all his hair off. That thought was pretty oh, yeah. cool. Do you like yeah. it? You want to just give like I love your... it. I think the waves are coming soon. But I say all that to show, to say that that just shows you that I wasn't really in tune with it because I posted it and I, and everybody in the comments was like, "He just shot two for six. Are you uh, how unpatriotic?" I'm like, dude, I'm not watching this. Like, I don't know when these games are on. I don't really. Yeah, that's another thing too. Like, it's like I think they're at like three a.m. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the like? Come on, dude. Yeah, not the wave. Real, uh, the wave. real, real shame on the Olympic Committee for scheduling things not in Pacific Coast time, despite being in Tokyo. Anyways, I did see the outfits that Team USA wore by Ralph Lauren to the opening ceremonies. Did you? I am looking at them right now, and I am not a fan. Um, yes, me neither. I saw a tweet, and it said, "Why does Team USA?" Um, get dressed like they're going on vacation in Newport Beach every four years. And I didn't even laugh to myself. I cackled. It felt very true. Actually, I'm I'm actually kind of liking the bandana around the neck. 
Ah, Joe. Oh, you know what? Never mind. That's a lie because that wasn't how it's supposed to be worn. This person just wore it like that. Whatever. The fact is, the fact of the matter is, these fits, they're lackluster. Mm-hmm. I think we should hire Ian and Joe for next year's Olympics because Lord Ooh. knows this podcast will make it to this. So four well, years from now. The, yeah, Olympics and every four years. Yeah. We'll style Team USA and we'll take home gold because we kind of suck this year. And what I would think we, it has a lot to do. With what that. would we have them wear? We'd like, have them wear Survival of the Fitted merch that may or may not be coming out soon. One Doc day, Martens. Doc Martens. Oh, Doc Martens. That's what we have them wearing. Yeah. Um, and then whatever JJ Reddick wants to put them in, we'll go ahead and put them in. We'll fill yeah. that in. You know, Rick. O- Wait, whatever. red, white, and blue Rick Owens sweaters. Uh, yeah. Why not? We got I that. feel like I feel like there was hesitation there, and I feel like we might have creative differences. And that's concerning because we're podcast (laughs) co-hosts. It's all good, dude. It's all good. But yeah, the fits are not good. You know what I mean? And we need to change that. All right. Yeah. Um, That's our podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, And go USA. Go USA.